everybody and welcome to WTS 284. My name is Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan. Mero, how are you? A1, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm acting like we didn't just do an intro five seconds ago. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, we didn't think this through at all, did we? No. No, sure, look. look, we're peeling back the curtain, lads. We're doing two episodes in one week and we're recording some of it like just back to back. And yeah, listen, listen, it's it's all good. You're here for the guest, you're not here for us. Well, some of these are here for us, and that's great and all that, but you're here for the guest. You're here for the guest. Absolutely. Um so being, let's just jump straight in then, Merrill, because we've we've absolutely ruined this, and it's a there's no point in trying to trick people any longer. Who is our guest for WTS two eight four? Our guest, so we um, <laughs> why am I getting tongue tied? <laughs> Our guest uh, this week is brilliant, brilliant sports journalist, and I would urge anyone to read his articles. Um, he's now working full time for the Forty Two dot IE. David Schneid. Dave, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? you keeping well for joining us. Well, butter. Thanks for asking me on. We were we were we're just going to go on a tangent because obviously we have uh, the League of Ireland season upon us, and um, Ireland about to go into the qualifiers with France and all that buzz, and uh, also our Irish abroad are kind. Of, I think they're kind of doing well. Uh, some of the players probably more so in, in the lower leagues, but I mean we constantly hear of. Uh, Ireland being in a bad state or whatever, but our underage, our, our well, some of our underage lads and, and more senior players are are doing well in in the lower leagues of England. It's just it's just a mad environment. It's the just the level of competitiveness from League One up, even League Two Championship, obviously in the Premier League. But just obviously if you're focusing on England, it's just like the nature of where clubs now are going to to get players. And I know what's been said for ages about like different markets and players coming from all over but it's now kind of filtering down to every to every level of it of England of English football and even in Scotland as well but it's like I know there's a couple of those isn't there like I follow them as well just because there's so many different players like there's so many accounts they see like the was it the Kenny's Kids account on Twitter that's very good for kind of mm-hmm. tracking lads I've never even heard of I'll be honest yeah like the LOA Rodman yeah. there's, the, there's the Republic of Ireland tracker one as well Um, but yeah, it's just it's just an age of like, like, like I'm I'm going thirty four now and I've been I almost feel as if I could be caught in a cycle of writing about certain stories about lads of you know to go abroad it's very difficult for them to settle and then they come back and that story just seems that kind of whole story just seems to be as always that you know what I mean it just seems to be non-stop it's, like, it's still every, prevalent like oh 100 yeah like really is and like mm. it goes out like, I remember you got touched me on the back on the back of it, the piece I did over last week I was going over and speaking to various different people at different levels and it's mad like yeah. even even just listening to someone like John O'Shea who's achieved so much in the game but then when he gets into a different part of football in terms of coaching it's just the exact same he's back to square one almost you know what I mean like there's so many coaches over there and yeah like he's obviously achieved a lot and you do have to have your contacts and all the rest of it in, your, in the game but he's almost starting from scratch again you know what I mean and like you're speaking to lads who are on loan and play and still young, you know, like Gavin Kilkenny and Will Small on under twenty one internationals, still they're only making their way in the game. And yeah, someone like John O'Shea is kind of going through something similar to them in terms of just trying to find that pathway for himself now in a new in a new element of uh what's of been football. John doing, he's first yeah, he's, he's, he's team coach. Yeah, he's first team coach with Stoke, uh with Stoke City and like, even there, like he's in there, he was brought in with by Michael O'Neill obviously in former Northern Ireland and managed mm. managed a team in the League of Ireland for a while and um what you call it <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah but like then o- O'Neill loses his job you know but then like O'Shea was very open about you know you kind of have a, have a chat with the new manager and if he doesn't want you you're, you're out the door you're gone you need you kind of not that he has to kind of almost make his case for well, why you should keep him in terms of the work he does around the club and the kind of stuff he'd be doing. Obviously, he was kept on kind of thing, but um, it's just very interesting because I, 
like even that whole it's kind of one of the things that stuck in my head even from a from a from a good good few years ago. You might have seen I know Jack Chew. He used to he came back to play in the league for for a little bit. He's um his dad was is Paul Paul Chew the referee. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously he's now retired. Yeah, I think he's retired now. He hasn't. I think he's finished now. Well, he is. But um, but I remember speaking to him a few years ago. He was obviously he was at Derby County as a as a youngster, you know. And I remember speaking right. to him when I was, was I used to work for the Daily Mail, the Irish Daily Mail. And about five or six years ago, and he was telling me about the last week he had in England when he'd been released by Derby. His agent got him a couple of trials, and he was driving his own little, say, I think it was a Vauxhall Corsa or whatever, it was Opel Corsa or down, down to the south of England. And he went on a trial, and he banjaxed his leg. He was injured. He got injured and in, in a trial match, and his agent stopped fucking answering his phone calls when he was trying to get so so He was paying, no staying in his own hotel by himself that he had organised then. The club basically, I think, just dropped him to the train station after the trial was finished, and he'd been injured. And literally drove home, got the boat, literally drove, I can't remember what part of it, it was down the south of England and all that, and he drove for like four hours or something back to Hollyhead to get the boat back to Dublin, and that was him finished, do you know, and like that's that as well though, isn't it? Well, that's just crazy, but that, that kind of story is something that just stuck with me for so long, where you kind of realise when all these lads go over that, like the ones who can stick it, and it's not even just sticking it by being away from home, but just being able to get those breaks and get a first contract, get your second contract, yeah have that look, little bit of luck with injury and you've seen obviously now with Evan Ferguson just on a different scale but just kind of that shows you how your progress can be can be halted at, at a key moment but on the opposite end of that there's so many lads who wouldn't have the talent of an Evan Ferguson but are still trying to fight to have that career and then it could be gone like that and that kind of story for you where um, with Jack has kind of stuck with me over the last few years because it just shows you like People would probably would never even know something like that has happened, and then you realize, well, why would you want to have that to do a football again when that's how it's treated you mm-hmm. and what, what you've been through, you know? And um, that's kind of yeah, stuck with me in terms of in terms of when we've been speaking to players, you want to kind of understand well what they've been through to actually stick with it. And like some of my own friends would say, look, why, look, like, they're playing football, like, so what everyone goes through shit time in their in their life or in their work and all, and it, and it is true, but it just seems like in football. It just seems even so much harsher. It really does for some young lads, you know. Yeah, well, it's 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 lonely as well because you're away from friends and family. Like uh, that Jack story reminds me of uh, a story when Pajo was uh, released from Wolves and he was trying to get trials. Out. He went to Walsall, he went to Torquay, he went to he went. He showed up at Kidderminster Harriers one morning. Uh, he said his uncle set it up, but his uncle told him he set it up. And when he showed up, they didn't know who he was. His uncle was just like fobbing him you know not fobbing him, oh, really? you know, yeah, fobbing him. his uncle was just like just show up and just see see what happens there you know yeah played a few games for kid there but i mean he was you're saying there he uh jack was going around his little car Pedro was going around his little peugeot 206 trying to get fucking trials from little non-league teams and and, and league two teams but those type of clubs now seem to be like suitable destinations when you look at aiden keener going to, to cheltenham town like i know yeah, but that, but see, this is the thing as well. Like, remember when remember when Georgie Kelly signed for remember when Georgie Kelly signed for Rodrum last season at the start yeah. of last year, and obviously Rodrum at that point were still in League One, and people were saying, "Well, why would you go to why would you go to Rodrum?" But then if you look maybe if you look at the photos that were being used when he actually was unveiled, and you see the stadium that's behind them, and then you see the I training know. ground, like even some of the facilities. Like when I was over again, I'm only just using because it's the most recent example, but it kind of just stuck again. It just kind of people say well why would you go there but like Stockport County you know what I mean like they're the League 2 club they're training out they took over the old training ground that belonged to Sale Sharks the Rugby Union yeah that's um, right so and literally next door I'm not even messing literally it's like a, a bad corner kick that wouldn't be the first man away from the like, Grandman City training in Carrington you know yeah. and then the next the next patch over a mile over is United's training ground in, um, in Carrington but um it was just being over there and you see that where these lads are work, like where these lads are work going to every single day, the pitches that they're using, the gym that they have, the just going in like a few different chefs, there like five or six groundsmen working on the training ground alone. Do you know what I mean? This is a League Two club. Now they're on they're on, I can't remember your man's name now, his name is just escaped me at the moment, but they're owned by like one of the richest people in the northwest of England, the property developer. You know, That's right. You wasn't wasn't wearing Salford trying to use the pitch as well. Was that what was it? Yeah, yeah. Salford, where I remember watching an episode of that Gary Neville's thing, Class of 90. Oh, yeah, oh, I wasn't, yeah, Christmas. 
And yeah. they were talking about he had meetings with that sale sharks. Is it sale? Yeah, sale yeah, sharks. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's play, it. Play in the ground, like. That's it. Like, so, and like a lot of these clubs, I don't get me wrong, some clubs maybe wouldn't have the same level. But like, that's the thing is, obviously, now with Brexit, it's going to change a slightly, you know, obviously, in terms of when, when kid, when lads can go over. But like, sure, it wasn't that long ago as well that remember a few, a few players went, for, I think it was from Kevin's, went to, went to a League One club as well. And there was kind of uproar about that. And we, were, I can't even remember now what the club was. Um, but there was a few of them went, I think Luke Wade Slater might have been one of them. Right. Um, who actually end up coming back to balls, but like it's you can understand now why why kids will why kids will deal because a lot of times you might have an agent saying come here and then we'll end up going somewhere else and we'll we'll get Step you in stone. get you in yeah a little bit but again sometimes that can just be a way a, a, club, a young man might say might go there on the basis of what he's being told and yeah he gets there and you realize it's completely different that he was being there for a, a different reason you know and that, that kind of stuff can that kind of stuff can go on you know but um. So I, I remember talking to uh, Roycer when he went to Palace under 23s mm. and I remember saying, and I, like I wasn't being ignorant or anything like that, but I remember saying, why why 23s instead of like, because he was in with a shout with the Shells job at the time and he Morris got it and uh, I remember saying to him, why under 23s over say a League of Ireland team? He says, well, the facilities, yeah. Palace are outrageous, he said. Oh, it's quality. The academy is outrageous. You know, yeah. so like players, just to back up what you were saying there, like when you hear someone like Aidan Keane going to Cheltenham, I mean, I bet you the facilities are probably better than any League of Ireland team. Well, you don't know. Well, I'll be honest, I, don't, I actually don't know what the setup is like at Cheltenham. Like, mm-hmm. fairness, Rovers and Rovers, like, Bowles have got a great setup now, obviously, out in DCU and the lease that yeah. they have there and, and what they can do. Obviously, Rovers have, have roads down Cork City, have their own base at, at Bishopstown. Um, like Pat's train out up at um, Ballyoster, so like they use Ballyoster's facilities. Like, so other clubs, some clubs just are have just got far better infrastructure, you know, it's just because yeah. it's just the nature of what's been happening over the last year, number of years with investment. But, but then there's other stories, like it was only a few years ago at Oldham when Jack Bourne was there and Patrick McElhenney was there, and like they were in an, an awful state and how the club was being run and, and mismanaged. So, there is that element. Uh, to it as well but yeah. it's more so a case I think what what needs to what hopefully will happen, start happening here is just with with lads where bit by bit when hopefully facilities can improve and infrastructure is improving clubs recognise that that young lads when they do go away and if it's a case of being seen at a League 1 club and all the rest of our League 2 or whoever it is that they're not that they're gone maybe because they do feel it's a better opportunity football wise and not just because it's much better facilities you know what I mean like that's that's a very basic thing like this is something that I'm sure everyone in League of Wars has been speaking about for for the last number of years and it yeah. just seems like it does seem as if clubs are, are beginning to, to kind of at least put some emphasis on actually improving that side of things you know and like, now obviously you have to with, with, with Brexit and the fact that they're like with, with the underage structures as well that's just going to be another element to, element to it as well where parents aren't going to want their, their children going into an environment that they don't feel is actually up to standard as well. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. They have to make sure that that's what, uh, up to scratch. So, um, yeah, I think that's just something that's... that's Brexit, basic, though, you know? some, some of the Brexit stuff as well, though, has been interesting in is that there's a lot of underage players that have gone to Syria, like Cal Hever, yeah. James Abankiu, uh you know, Festi Abasola. There's yeah. another guy, another yeah. underage guy. Liam, Liam Carrigan went to Como, then he did his ACL. That's right. And then there was another guy today uh, uh, linked to it, Let- Lecce, I think it is. But, oh, yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the story there with the Serie A looking at Irish players? Well, like, sometimes it can just be, obviously, close. Like, say, in the, in the case of, saying a banquet and uh, and that regard, I think that was a case of, obviously, you would have played for Ireland underage, would have come to people's attention there. Same with Liam Cardigan. When Liam Cardigan played for the Ireland 21s, right. he played, remember, they played against Italy in the, in the in the group and actually won the games. There was a fair few people from Como who were right. like, that. Dennis Wise is involved with them, actually. And That's now, right, obviously, yeah. Sex Fabregas um, is, has gone in there as well. But, like... And your man that you Borchel as well, isn't it? Yeah, Borchel, yeah, obviously, yeah. The Waterford United, oh, Waterford United, the uh, Ultra. But yeah, yeah. I think he was in the, the finals, wasn't he? Ended up in the Cavans and Pats, remember? Rich I know, man. yeah. Yeah, Madman. Um, interesting fellow by all accounts. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know, like, I, th- I think people were maybe thinking, and, like, this is the thing as well, it was, like, people are thinking, oh, you know, it's great now, all these clubs gone, all these players, like, say, Carl Heffernan, or, obviously, Kevin Zeffi leaving to go to to go to go Inter Milan, which is, fa- it's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but it just, people are loving it because it maybe sounds a bit more glamorous, but it's still the exact same issue of a young lad leaving home at 16 and going across to England. Mm. Like, if happened, it's going to be harder for them because yeah. it's, a, it's a different environment in terms of language. You never know, like people maybe associate, oh, you go, you jump across to England and you should settle in easily because of the language and people maybe feel as if you understand, I don't know, the culture or whatever, but like it's, it is different over there as well. Like even just from living in Manchester myself for a couple of years, I kind of, you can see that. But like it's, you're kind of just putting a different kind of slant on the on the issue. Like the issue is still going to be the most promising young lads leaving the country they have to leave the country to get continue their football education at a standard which will which will bring them on like that's still going to be the case for the next couple of years like even though there are so many good people working in the in the well there's so many good people working in, in underage structures like, mm-hmm. and they include pageant believe it or not like they really are and um, yeah, but yeah. like but what you call it but at the same time if they go abroad people say oh it's great you know I say Colt Heffernan going to AC Milan Kevin Seffi going to Inter Milan um, there was a young lad now even who's a who's a pack nineteen. I think was is was um. He's not the French. Le- was it Le- uh, was it Leon? Um, Renz was it? There was another. I think there's another lad. There's another. There's another fella. Um, oh, because there was even talk. Sorry, there was even talk of the young lad Sam Courts going to the Netherlands signing for a club uh, you know and I think it was was it PSV Sorry, um, my head's gone here with names just dropped the team has dropped out of my head but that's just the issue the issue being is that that's great when you know because obviously the route for a lot of these teenagers to the UK is blocked off but when the problem is just going a bit further afield doesn't get rid of the issue of that what needs to happen at home here in terms of how improving stuff and like I've said it before on, on a few places where, like, I don't think it's necessarily, the underage leagues now are great, but I don't think it's necessarily a case of you should try and copy, have a little mini version of what's in the UK and, and that industry because, like, it's massive, it's so big and there is so much money involved and everything else and people around it. You kind of have to find, well, does that really work for, for Irish kids? Does that really work for Irish Irish clubs? Just getting that almost like a mini system of what's in the UK I don't think it does, you know. I think you have to try and find your own little niche in America almost to say, well, how can you develop lads and, and keep them here and improve it and, and find your way? Because when you when you hear keep on hearing the stories, and it's only, like there's, there's even fewer clubs here than there is obviously in England, and you see so many clubs get all players getting spat out of that system and coming back broken. If they're coming back into a system here where they're where it's not ready to take them because there's already lads who are their own age or similar age going through from the club system here, well, then what's going to happen? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just almost going to be a bottleneck and it's going to just make the problem even worse down the line, you know? Like, that's what's coming. You, you see, we're going to see it now where young lads at 19 come through at the 19s who aren't quite ready to go into the first team and get signed up by a first team club, say they had a Rovers or a Pats or a Derry or a Cork or whoever, and they might drip down a little bit to the next tier in the, within the league. But after that, what are you going to get? You're just going to get more kids going nowhere because they've been, and they've yet they've been told they've been at elite elite footballers from the age of 13 which is just nonsense yeah. and then you throw in the whole mix of the fact that the foot, the sport and culture that's in this country as well like you have to like nourish that as well like you can't be like I'm not a, a Gaelic man by any means but at the same time I just think it's mad that you would start saying to kids at 13 you can't play Gaelic football or you shouldn't be playing Gaelic football and you can only concentrate on this or you can't play another sport and you have to be involved in a League of Ireland academy when by the end of it, what have they got? Like those lads who are in from the English academies at 13, 14, and the nature of the business that's over there, they're, it's probably still their families to do it because they know they're going to get a few bobs. That's not going to happen in the League of Ireland. And they are telling kids already at that age that you have to put all your eggs in one basket. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So you have to think they have to, it's going to be a little few kinks going to be ironed out over the next few years. And when you do kind of see the amount of lads falling away who don't make it and don't want to maybe become professional footballers that, it's going to be an issue we have in the UK. So rather than just lads speaking to lads who have come back, like say a Jack Chew who have been away and, and come back after a couple of years and not got that second contract, you could be speaking to lads who have spent the whole life here and and have have the same issue when they get past the 19s, you know? 
I feel like we're having this conversation the last 10 or 15 years like um, and do you think the absence of uh, you know like we have the under 19s league and then senior football do you think an, ap- an absence of the 21s league will, will help things I don't know, like you would you would imagine it was twenty one, but then again, it's an additional cost that clubs like that was one of the reasons. I remember wasn't it? Remember the Rovers B team? Rovers had that for yeah. a while and and stuff, and that would have been used. Um, my God, I don't know. Like it's just that it, there's the additional cost element to it. You would imagine that, yeah, having that buffer, but then you speak you speak to people about what the twenty three the twenty three is football in England, and they say it's not proper. It's not a proper league. It's not, it does nobody any good. It's almost really? as it. Well, yeah, because like, just like because before back in. Like say 20, 20 years ago, say if it was if it used to be the reserve team, obviously the reserve team would be a mix of maybe a couple of senior pros coming back from injury who might not be ready to play first team football. And then you've got maybe some of the younger lads who might not be quite ready to be or are first team players in training, but not quite ready to be part of a first team squad. So like now it's like you speak to the lads who who have been involved with say 23 football, like there's a few coaches over there and like it's about educating and all the rest in the pathway. But like, if you're getting to that to that level and you're still playing there at 21, 22, chances are you're not going to, more so at this Premier League level, you know, chances are you're not going to really break into that force team if you're still there. Because normally the really elite lads are going to be doing it as teenagers, really. Yeah. Like realistically are, are going to be in and, and they kind of bypass that. It's the same kind of goals. It's beginning, to, it's beginning to change a little bit in terms of with, with the FAO and how they're doing things with the 21s. Like before, like Robbie Keane, I don't think Robbie Keane or Damien Duff would have played a game for the Ireland with the 21s. They would have went through and then jumped straight straight up to the seniors. That's just the nature of it, you know, it's like with, with a lot of them. Now, it's not always because we look, it, it is maybe with Ireland and maybe this is kind of actually goes against what I'm just saying, but with some of the, the players, like say, like a Josh Cullen, who's come through, like he would have played 21s and and kind of made that kind of slower progress, and that can be that can still be the case where there can be some lads who are still maybe slow borners a little bit. That'll always be the that'll always be the case. But just to just to go back, like I don't know if if having uh, say under twenty ones league here would be well, I would. You would think so. It's gonna if if team, if teams are willing to ha- have share the the cost of it and have it in their budgets to do it. But um, I don't know. I just kind of feel as if thinking it's right. And a lot of it is right where clubs put the put an emphasis on being able to develop their own players. Mm. But like the fact that I go say 14s, well, 13, well, it was 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, there's still little gaps in there as well. So I'm just not I'm just not hundred percent sure how it's how it's gonna go down down the line if it would be a case of consistently producing players that are gonna be capable of going in and playing League of Ireland Force team football, or is it just a case of being able to develop a few lads and then sell them off still when you get a bit older to England. It's that balance because it is the business. That's what they're going to have to do. So it's just, it's going to be something to keep an eye on over the next few years about the number of drop-offs in terms of players and the progression because like, it's still playing catch-up big time. Well, you see, you still see now, like even with say Pat's 19s or Rovers 19s or Bowers 19s, you, you often see the lads that, you know, they should be graduating to the senior team of those respective clubs that would make a loan move to the first division. You know, you've seen yeah. a couple of Rovers players already have made it, loan moves to, to Longford Town that, you know, they haven't quite made it Um, in the first team. We saw, saw it last year with Darren Nugent was at Drogheda and um, you see it this year with a couple of lads gone, gone to Longford as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think there is a balance. I don't even know if that conversation is on the radar of the FBI at the moment. I know it was a couple of years ago, but I haven't heard it. I think they seem to be focusing on the tour division. Um, yeah. So that will uh, that could include reserve clubs and universities and, and stuff like that, maybe the Mayo League and and, and, and stuff like that, you know. So it, it is it remains to be seen, like, um, what happens. But I think we're, we're, we're always going to have people giving out whatever decision is made you will awesome. have oh, sure, sure I was going for the four in a row and it's going to be the biggest load of wange bags in Tallinn this year if he's out winning four nil a half time every game wait you see ah but that's the, the nature of the beast isn't it like I know, yeah. you, get, you, you, you might draw away to like draw to have been our bogey team the last couple of years up there particularly uh, might lose draw to or draw to draw to and then it's over and then you win the league by about 12 points <laughs> uh, that's the thing it's mad isn't it yeah it is It's it, and and as you said four in a row it's so hard to win one league back to back we are going to try and do it four times so 
I mean, you have to enjoy it while you get it. Um, but going into the new season, a lot of clubs, uh, including ourselves, seem to be going to the different markets in Scandinavia and Estonia and stuff and, and bringing... Yeah, Sligo, players. yeah, Sligo have something. Sligo brought in a... Bring, Danish brought in, yeah. I know. But and it, it's mad now because even like you're saying that and then like even just earlier on today, I was like organising an interview with Roddy Gaffney for next week, going to meet up with him just to... Because like thought best player in the league, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, still, I just still think, leaving with him, like, with him, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm, I remember meeting Rory when he was at Salford over there when he was um, playing there and like, meeting him for a coffee and he was talking about like, a lot of the time he used to just to try and kill the day. That was the former phrase he used, killing the day. And like, to see where he is now, like coming back, I'll be honest. After even after the first few months when he came back or overs, so I didn't ex- expect him to hit the levels that he was at that he was at last season. You know what I mean? And then obviously now you have Johnny Kenny come on, coming in to even maybe push him, push him a bit more. That's why one of the reasons why, like I know, and it's you're right in terms of see players coming from different parts of the world now. It is very interesting to actually to do that. But like I just think it's gonna be fascinating for me. I'm looking at it, and I know you thought it was, but I'm actually not a Sean McRobber's uh, supporter. You know, <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually am very interested to see how Roddy Gaffin does again because. Like, like last year, like some of the performances, like I can't remember the last time I was seeing a player or striker be as complete as him. And even a few of the goals were coming, but just how he was playing, it was absolutely fantastic last season. Yeah, goals and assists, like he, you know, he had about probably twenty between both. Like, yeah, and even own. in Europe, he was some of the, game, the home games in Europe as well. Like, mm. and the way it was fantastic. Like, yeah. just there. Uh, was he thirty three now? So check. I think I think he was thirty two last season. Anyway, wasn't he? He was yeah. definitely thirty two last season. Yeah. Um, what you call it? And that that's another thing I'm now getting my head around. I was like, I'm thirty four, and I'm like, I'm nearly. I think Alamanis is probably the only bleeding person in the league. I'm older than. <laughs> oh, younger, younger than it's, it's absolutely killing me. That is now absolutely yeah. killing me. Well, I wonder though. Um, are are the teams that are buying outside the traditional markets going for those markets to try and compete in Europe a bit more? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like obviously with Sligo, Sligo have the ones because they've gotten they've got the, um a couple of the Estonian got like, a couple of Estonian internationals coming in. Haven't they? They, they got, we we got Mark Pilm. Mark Pilm. Yeah, yeah. Son. Remember Mark Pilm, Danny the Derby. Derby. Yeah, yeah, we we signed the son on loan from Florida Italian. So yeah, like I heard, and I heard sure in his friendly in the friendly games he's been excellent. But that's even that. I remember when that when when Rovers announced that and they, they sent the email out, they buried the actual fact that he was related to Mark Pill down near the end. Like that should have been the, <laughs> the, the, the top the paragraph. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you remember him at Derby? Was, was he? At, he ended up at Arsenal, didn't he? But he was at Derby. You remember him at Derby yeah. County? Yeah, definitely Derby. Yeah, yeah, quality goal here. That big. He, he, he got he got signed up then as like a, a number two to. I think you're right. I think it might be an Arsenal one. It was, it was Arsenal, Arsenal. Yeah. When Alex yeah. Manninger was there, number one, I think. Was it? Alex Manninger. Was Manninger yeah. there number one? For a he was for a while. The Austrian lad. I think Seaman retired and then he filled the gap for like a season and a half. And then did he go to like Juventus or something like that? I can't yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. There was that little buffer, wasn't there? When like a lot like when when Seaman retired because I think was well, Seaman retired around was it two thousand? No, he left. Excuse me, he left. Yeah, oh, Arsenal two thousand two after he won the league in all one or two, wasn't it? And yeah, then yeah, it was after the World after yeah. he went and then what was about like, four they brought in Jens Lehman Lehman yeah because he was in that team yeah but yeah Mark Hill that's going be interesting but like, you're right though the, sorry about maybe bringing other players in or from different looking at Europe you would think that that it would make sense but I think sometimes as well like it, it could just be a necessity whereby you just feel as if even in the league even to actually qualify for Europe or, or to push up that you know what the quality in the league isn't there that like it can be kind of you know, if you don't do your business, if you don't do your business early, you can be chasing your tail, and you might end up getting the wrong, the wrong bodies through and paying over the odds for for certain players. You know, and that's probably why maybe sometimes as well, and this is the prevalence, and maybe of even different agents as well can come into it. Where boy, like I don't know, you different managers might have different contacts or stuff like that because like that's just the nature of football, it really is. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And you might have a name somewhere as well, and. Then it also could be the point where where if they're off if a club is able to actually offer a decent contract. And one of the big things now is and why you might even see more 
is the fact that the clubs now even are pretty much offering full time fifty two week year contracts. This whole business of forty week contracts to cover you for the season, like the chances of you getting someone to come abroad for that are like yeah. who are decent. Yeah. yeah, not gonna get them. Like, like, no. Again, another story. You know what I mean, lads who. To remember, like, like, you know, what I mean, lads finishing the season, like playing a cup final one one week, and then double employed, or essentially for for a yeah. few weeks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, signing on. Yeah, I remember. I remember Colin Bourne even saying that. I remember when he finished? I think it was his, the season before last, but we finished with Pats, and he was like ended up working in in Diffney's in town just over Christmas, just to kind of to see him through. I think just before he was qualifying to be a teacher and stuff. You know, and mm-hmm. this is the stuff that players have been dealing with. I'm sure some with. Some will still uh, be dealing with that maybe in a while, but again, it just ties in with the whole nature of where the league is going and the kind of everything. Like we could be here all night talking about what some of the changes the PFI want to make in terms of standardised contracts and the basic thing of minimum wage. Do you know what I mean? That's something yeah, that yeah. they've been fighting for, you know. So um, there was a story there that, um, that it, there was a Danish player, maybe not Danish, but a player in the Scandinavian league. Rovers were looking at. And they were dealing with his agent and they, they were pretty hopeful of getting it over the line. And then the agent asked for six grand uh, a week for the player and an apartment in Dublin City. <laughs> that was in December, like. Just, you know, just gone. Really? Just gone, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, there's a housing crisis here and we've got players looking for League of Ireland clubs to put up an apartment in Dublin City. Yeah, but that's, you know, but like the stuff like that, that's just... That's what's like again. It's just involved with the AIL. That's what they want. Yeah. Is it the what? The rugby boys giving out houses everywhere. Do they? And he did back. Yeah, that used to be the scandal that they couldn't officially pay them, so they'd give them a house and all that instead. Yeah. Well, the fairness, like, that would be a lot, that would be a big thing for clubs where they would have houses. Yeah, they have a house. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. We mentioned Sligo. Sligo up in Riverstown, like some of the greatest stories from back in the day when they were winning the league and winning cups, like when obviously it was. Paul Cook and, and Barraclough and I think they still do have a fair yeah, few houses yeah. up in that in that area of Riverstown and um I'm going to try and think even Shells I know Shells do like I remember I was doing a doing an interview with Mark Coyle like he was in a house with in three of them three yeah. of the, the Shells boys last season Rovers have one as well near Roadstone do they yeah Plandalkin yeah where like the, the country players would live there like Lee Grace and uh, I know under Michael O'Neill's reign Alan Manis would have lived there and stuff Gary Twig um. So yeah, that's it's. But like, you wouldn't be getting a buying a house for one player to live in and double no, looking no. over Luffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Imagine um, actually, yeah. Evan Ferguson is is the latest. Uh, he's doing really well. Is what, what do you think his trajectory was predicted in his, <laughs> in his like you know how he's had such an impact on Brighton and even I've watched him and he just does not look out of place. Now I did, re- mm. I remember seeing him uh, play for Bowes underage as well and thinking, geez, this lad's a fucking unit. Was he oh, unit? Oh. like 15? Um, but sure he played in that game, didn't he, when he was 14 against Chelsea? Against Chelsea, yeah. He played against uh, Billy Gilmore and now their teammates. Yeah. That's a great story as well. But um, do you think Stephen Kenny will, if he's fit, will start him against France? Um, well, if he's fit, yeah. If he was, really? I mean, if, yeah. If he was fit, if he's fit, I and mean, this is the thing, I'm like, I literally had my phone here because of like I know I saw one of the stories earlier that they don't think the injury is as bad, because uh, even losing or something. Yeah, like even yesterday, like I was chatting to a couple of different people. I say at Brighton and other and just with Ireland as well, just trying to suss out well, what's going on here in terms of what's like what's the significant, what how how significant is the injury, and it was like. Kind of said, it, still waiting to find out. You know what I mean? Like that, they're hopeful that it's not say the the ACL that it could be immediate. Then they're kind of still waiting. But the nature of it with the swelling and all, you might yeah. need to go. For, you might need to go for a second or even a third scan. Just mm. sometimes, if swelling can be that bad, they can't actually fully determine how the nature of or, or how bad the the injury is. Um, I, I think it does, they, um, I, I don't think it was as bad as first feared because they called off call, uh, signing a replacement striker in the window. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that seems to be the that seems to be the case. But then again, like this is what I'm trying to do for the last little while is actually get that nailed down 100. percent I'm still obviously seeing what the crack is with even with Brighton today announced something. But like I don't know, like Stephen Kenny and the staff have would have earmarked it. I'd say over the last month when they seen what he was doing, like I know when I was over it, when I was over a couple of weeks ago, 
um spoke to Stephen Kenny outside the Stoke outside Stokes um stadium yeah, yeah. before before one of their games and Ferguson came off the bench in that game and scored remember the header like yeah. late header cracking goal like he was planning on going to that game and obviously because Ferguson wasn't starting there was no point to you if he wanted to go and see players who were who were who were starting and then he was at the game on Sunday watching um when when he obviously was tackled by Fabinho and stuff yeah. so no like it's definitely it was definitely a case of like looking at him and seeing, well, what what shape is he going to be? And then we don't know. Hopefully, like, I think the talk now is that the injury could be days and not weeks. So that would actually then suggest that he could possibly be back match fit and, and playing and within the, in the Brighton team or at least playing regularly enough to, to warrant it. Um, and look, but yeah, like, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, if, if he's fit if he let's say fingers crossed he, he's back playing within the next couple of weeks and I think Brighton have about seven or eight games in the Premier League like if he's able to play four or five of them and his back sharp he'll 100% be in the mix to be starting yeah, the again. only reason why I ask is because he seems to be so Kenny seems to like introduce these new lads to the squad but doesn't play them until yeah. they get squad three two or three I think goals have been a problem really haven't they like Callum Robinson is the top scorer isn't he and like what fucking six of them came across two or three games you know what I mean so if you've got a chap who is performing at Premier League level and as you said Mary, he doesn't look out of place I think Kenny it's, his hand is forced he kind of has to say throw him in let's yeah. you know go for it like so and and that's the thing as well like you were saying earlier Mary, about you know uh, was this seen or was this expected of him and the the fact is, is that it kind of was in terms of it was expected that as a as a young fleet and the kind of the kind of the attitude he has and temperament and mentality he had he had a very at a young age he was very good at taking on information taking on instructions developing his game working on his game asking questions but being very confident and being forthright and then when you mix that up with the physical attributes that are needed that he has got a bit of a torn of pace. That he's strong, he's built. Like I know it's mad to say it, but it does kind of remind you of, say, a Wayne Rooney at that age in terms of having that physique of a of an older of an older person. I'm not saying obviously different, they're totally different players. I think Rooney obviously, well, Rooney for one was a better player and mm-hmm. um, was a lot more explosive. But even like if you speak to people at Brighton or you speak to people who worked in them at Ireland, and this would go from underage, say twenty ones, as well as even with the seniors. He just takes on information. He understands the game. What's that being asked of him? Like he's not a young fellow who you have to tell things twice to. Do you know what I mean? You tell yeah. him once, and he and he gets it. And even like even like like little thing, like little things in terms of what I was saying there about like he can trust him in terms of just the nature of his, of, of how he plays the game as well. Like like he's ideal for the type of game against France as well in terms of being that figurehead up front who would occupy a couple of defenders even at that age and giving something to think about but capable of holding the ball up and giving Ireland that little bit of respite and giving them a bit of breathing space when you need to get up the pitch if you need to hold on to it like he seems already to have that to have that ability to to do that and just the hope is now is that the injury that he has got isn't going to be something that kind of niggles away because even though it might not be as serious as as feared he still needs to get over it and get back fit because the last thing you want then is maybe for something else to happen and and then to be a, like a domino effect. That's just the worst case. The worst case worst scenario. Case scenario would, you yeah. would you start Tim and Obafemi together? Yeah, well, th- see, this is another thing, and just to show you the nature of football, like Obafemi had barely kicked the ball in the first half of the season for Swansea because he pushed for that move, and it's come now. Like again, like I think Burnley, Burnley are pretty much certain now to qualify uh, to qualify to get promoted to the Premier League. Like they're. Motor along, they're like about 17 or 18 points clear to tour place in the championship. So, if he can get into that team and they, they put him in, and like it's one of them where they can kind of afford to put him in and maybe risk having a couple of bad. No, I don't mean it's a risk to put yeah, him in, but I don't think they've, they've signed him to play him though because they'd be well, chasing yeah, him. Yeah, he's on loan as well. Mm-hmm. So, that even makes you know what I mean? Like, like he's on loan, so you would think that they want to, to get him straight in there. And yeah. um, like, if he's playing. See the thing with, with Obafemi is as well, and you have to even remember, like, like, like last year, like last year, he asked not to be included in the squad for the friendlies. Remember that start near the start of the year against Lithuania because he was still at a point where he hadn't wasn't able to play three games in a week or even back to back games because his body was breaking down. Like the issues he had at Southampton with his hamstrings and his lower back, like that was hampering him. And then 
it was that's in fairness, Swansea were the ones who again your man Russell Martin, and it's probably part of the reason why he did get bombed out at Swansea a little bit is because they probably thought what we did so much for you to get you up to speed and playing football and look after you and the phrase of football is managing your load in terms of training and matches. Like it was only last year where that was a struggle. So now when he hasn't been playing, it's going to be interesting to see over the next little while can he do that again? Like will he yeah. be able to keep on playing and not? And not break down with 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 different injuries because like you, you forget he was playing he was a Premier League player at eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scored at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Actually, like a little poster call, wasn't it? Back post. Yeah, yeah. But like, but then some, he scored at Chelsea as well. Scored at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Um, but you know, what I mean, he's still such a, like a young a young fella as well. I'm sure we see him in the games from the summer on against Scotland. But sorry, the point I was making when you were saying about it was like he. Kenny done well in terms of understanding where he was at, in terms of maybe wanting to get his body right. And like some managers might have said, well, you turn down a call up, like yeah, shove it up your hole. Sure, exactly. Yeah, fuck you. Like we don't want you then, whatever. But I think Kenny was understanding on that, which just good management on his behalf, and that's kind of that's kind of helping. The hope now is again is that he's at a club now, like again being over there and speaking to to company, like and how he's doing things, like it's just. The reason why they're motoring along the top, he's just he's a seriously impressive fellow when you even speak to him. Like, just I know it's so obvious to say, considering the career he had as a player, the last age, but like, you know, when you have a in the room, like when I was over there, when I was over there for that article I did a couple of weeks ago, and doing it, and Chris Wilder was doing commentary for Sky, and he stayed in, he stayed in at the back of the press conference when he was there, and was just looking like, like staring at that company for the whole press conference, just transfixed by what he was saying. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, when you speak to a fella and he just kind of holds the room, kind of thing, yeah, yeah. And like, there's very few, like, even you speak to some people, they can, he is one, like, and it's not he's even as like he's mad intense or anything. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of hard to mad about him. Josh Cullen, isn't he? Oh, stop. I go, I got, he was literally one of the, I, I was the last person to ask him a question that evening, and he was like, literally about to, to leave, and I just threw it out there, and it's always lit up. Like I did, like I did, I, I always assume when he when he because he brought him over to handle it, you know, mm. um when he was on had you know Charlton at League One, who Gavin Kenny actually has just gone to on loan from Bournemouth, but um, but like I thought, and but company very honest, he said like they brought him there as a as a squad player, he kind of needed bodies in the door, and he said he might be handy to have as a squad player, and he became the most important player in that handle team, and then when company got the job job at Bournemouth. Now, bear in mind the nature of what's happening with Burnley. Like, they needed promotion forced back up because of the nature of that takeover. Like, they they would have been on a serious amount of money. And I think they still will owe money at the end of how the takeover had been structured. The fact that they're going to get promoted back to the Premier League, they'll be able to, to obviously pay it. And it's not going to be... That, yeah. Yeah. But, but com- so, companies were under serious pressure to deliver straight away. And one of the fourth people he wanted in the door was Cullen. And he's played nearly every game. I think he, I think he missed the game. Was it injury or... Might have been a suspension, mm. but that game against I was over it. And don't get me wrong, it's West Brom as well. And a couple of hours that's there was good. And but you just see it, and it was a mad game, like it was freezing cold. One nil down though, they're one nil down after about seven or eight minutes. And then actually, Cullen got fouled at the edge of the box when he, he scored the winner with a couple of minutes to go. But in the game, it was like it was being a real hectic game. And like, like Jason Malumbi was could superb in the game everywhere. I have so much energy. You could see the two of them, if they the two of them are in the similar form, it, you've got a, a good kind of combination there for the midfield in terms of for Ireland. Are they names to be France though? Well this well let's be honest, the like Ireland beating France, what you got you're gonna need luck, but you're also yeah. gonna I think you're also gonna need points gonna make you're kinda of gonna need what, what they are capable of delivering is you have Malumbi who just brings an an intensity and an energy that Against Scotland, oh, it's Scotland, it's a completely different level to France. But that's how Ireland need to get about. Team. That's international football as well, though. Yeah, but that's what Ireland need to do against the France is have a disruptor like that who's capable of actually making it a bit of a dirty manky game in there. And then you have a Cullen, like what he did in the game. He just he gets it, he gives it, he passes, he moves. He, he's just always available. And it's so simple. It's nothing spectacular. Like, it's not as if he's making 50-yard passes or he's like splitting open defences but when he gets the ball he's moving at 10, 15, 20 yards forward or to the side and other angles and he's just constant he's constantly head on the swivel and it's all the time and if you kind of have that dynamic in the midfield where you have someone like a Malumbi or and then you have someone like a Cullen it could work It's got, that's what you need to have like you need to have that bit of aggression and a bit of a saying like 
just that little bit of an edge. But Cullen has that bit of an edge as well, if needs be, but then also can bring a bit of a calmness. And you kind of saw him in, in, beginning to see now with Malumbi under the, the manager, Carlos um, Corberana at West Brom, that he's beginning to get that a little bit as well as being... yeah. Like a madman, Darrow Shay. He's, 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 he's after making Darrow Shay captain at 23. Like, yeah, I know, yeah, because Jake Livermore is not playing. Yeah, like go Shay. Look, I was over with the two boys a few weeks ago, um, doing a piece with the two of them together just because they are like the t- exact same age 23. Like, Darrow Shay is a has a young kid, like only six months old. Malumbi isn't, I think he's, he's got a girlfriend and stuff, but like Malumbi was living with them when he was alone he was living his guys he was living with O'Shea and O'Shea is um, I think it's his I'm pretty sure it's his fiance definitely a partner and he obviously yeah. and then obviously once the baby came they had to fuck Malumbi out of the gaff you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but like it's just interesting like, and that's one of the good things with this Ireland team you kind of feel like, like there's some a lot of these lads who are at a similar age and are coming mm-hmm. through at the same time together and you just hope like, we know, no better game for them to all come of age together than to get something <laughs> yeah. against France. Yeah, let's be there, honest. There is reasons to be optimistic for kind of, or like we've, we've seen, and in fairness, like always one of the people in kind of Kenny's early phase where it's like, oh, I'm not sure this is, this is, yeah, people are saying like, you know, given time and the style of football is more important results right now and all that. But like, now, I'd, I'd be, I'm happy to say like, I was wrong, I feel like I was wrong about this, you know what I mean? And it seems mm. like the, a lot of reasons to be optimistic about kind of the international team going forward. There, enough, the France game is obviously going to be a massive test. But overall, like expectations have to be high in terms of. Oh, this is the thing. Like, like, yeah, and uh, look, I would say at the start of obviously this is the matter. When you think about it, like one of the I think it was third game in charge, Kenny was the was the playoff against Slovakia, wasn't it? Just yeah. on how the nature of. Obviously, what happened with say with with COVID and then how games were had been postponed and all the rest of it, and how Mick McCarthy's contract was finishing, so that kind of skewed things a little bit. But like, like at the start, he obviously made so many changes, brought players through, but that kind of needed to be done. And I think regardless of who the manager was, it had to be done. And if you look at it now in terms of reasons to be optimism or to be to be optimistic, like, like there should be, but there's also has to be. Now it's time for delivering results as well, even though they are young, because they've had a bit of a bedding in time. And I say delivering results or performances, the nature of the group that we're in with France and the Netherlands. Exactly. Like, it's going to be extremely tough, but, like, it's just, let's see what they can do. Because if you look at it, you've got, like, if you go through the corner of a team, you've got Gavin Bazunu, who... Premier League goalkeeper, albeit they're bottom of the Premier League, and he's having a he's having a tough season. But he's shown his caliber, like playing for Ireland and what he's capable of. Like you've got Nathan Collins playing for Wolves in the Premier League, and like unless Wolves do something, like I can see him moving again at the end of the season because really? just. Okay, I'm watching him in the flesh against Man City against Hall- like Haaland scored a hat trick and he, in fairness, Haaland got over him for the fourth for the fourth goal in that game. But everything else in that game, like moments when City were on top and it was a manic game, he just brought an unbelievable sense of calm to how Wolf played. And it was like that tactic seemed to be to get to the halfway line to pass the ball back to him just so they knew he'd keep it. And like he was the one who was organizing everything. And same with Bazzino, like being watching him. Uh, he just organises constantly and he's constantly kind of even for confidence out of him for his age as well. Yeah, you know, but then you you look you look around and you've got O'Shea, Dara O'Shea, who again who's captain in the team, has that leadership responsibility. You're hoping that he'll kick on. Will he become a Premier League player? Like Cullen's gonna become that Premier League player soon and is in a very good team. Obviously, there's Evan Ferguson, there's Femi who still hoping can can kick on. Troy Parry had a terrible injury, that hamstring injury at a time and People were looking for him to kick on a little bit and seem to be seem to be progressing. Um, and then obviously there's Jason Malumbi that who, who has just had a fantastic season with West Brom. It was all relative because let's be honest, like the players were were mentioning there, like compared to France, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you know but, no, yeah, exactly. But then you're like, but the whole point is, and and what you're saying, Danny, is that the work that Stephen Kenny and the staff should have been doing over the last little while is that these players feel as if they're that they are in an actual unit and they're in an environment where they can go and put it up against these teams. Because that's what Ireland teams have always had. Might not always do it, but that's what they have to have. You know what I mean? And have that capability to be able to 
some of the, the standard of football that they they can play and mix it up, but then also have that, what I was saying earlier with that aggression and have that spirit because they keep, it's not as if and this seems to be one of the things that sometimes and maybe it's more so in the media seems to be trying to Kenny is that he's wanted to get rid of the kind of spirit that was there before and change everything about how Ireland's played it's not it's just trying to modernise it a little bit because if you stay doing the same thing expecting the same thing and, and not moving forward then you're going to get left behind that was begin, what was going to begin to happen when you saw going home and away against teams like Georgia and you're having less of the ball than them yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and like you always like well, you always that straight... that you fucking shit show. Oh, stop! Like you know, and even the home game when Coleman scores, you know, like yeah, you might scrape that one nil. You might scrape that win there because kind of even <laughs> shoot me because they're still on the rise a little bit, and you still have enough to get over the line. But eventually, that's gonna that's gonna tilt over, and you'll be the one dropping down. So like the work that's that's been happening over the last while has, has been needed but the nature now and all the players and Stephen Kenny is aware of it as well is now is delivering performances that can get your results as well yeah but, but then, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm going into this <laughs> campaign like I went into the 2002 World Cup qualifying campaign when you're with Portugal and Holland in the one group and I feel like it's like I've no expectation of getting out of this group at all so I'm not but it, but what what but the expectation should be, I know I would say as well like I'm sorry for cutting across you but like I would say the expectation is like realistically you're not thinking Ireland are going to get out of this group now because of the caliber but you you just want to see from the last couple of years progression that it's a progression for the team because there's been so many moments in team in games where Ireland have got into strong positions like Ukraine and I was in neutral territory because um, obviously with the war when they played in uh, in Woods um, in Poland like. When after when Nathan Collins scored that amazing goal, yeah, and then they give away a stupid goal, so yeah. silly, so early in the second half, did the same against um Scotland. They had that moment, those moments against uh Armenia, but then he um when they were obviously tuning up and cruising, and then the same away. You know what I mean? Like what you're looking at is that those moments don't happen again. Like you can take your hat, you can kind of hold your hands up and say, Do you know what, if France outclass Ireland and win comfortably, which they're more than capable of doing, even on on Ireland's best day. Mm. You kind of you can you can accept that, yeah. But it's more so seeing a team that you think you know what it's working. That it, well, with that it, said, then is 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 it is it if we don't qualify, he's gone then, <laughs> or is it if we if we show signs of more progression and no little niggly mistakes like we had previously, like you know, is it going to be moral defeats? Me and give him another two years, or is it if you don't qualify, good luck. Well, I don't know. Oh, it's, like, a, it's a very early question, and I don't. Yeah, like, don't it's, the start, it's the start. No, well, well, you did. I don't mean, well, never. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Like this is the thing. Like I, I, I just mean that not for you. I just mean with, <laughs> with with supporters and stuff. Is it a case of it's results now? You've had two campaigns. Now it's your third campaign. It, it's a do you know what? Right? I would say, oh, 100 Like if, if we're gonna go out and are absolutely brutal against France terrible can't pass the ball can't the one and like nick a one nil I think everyone's going to be like you know what I mean if you believe in lads be Olayan coming out with Lansdowne Road absolutely yeah. no problem do you know what I mean like everyone will say that, that could be the, and do you know what like, it's almost like trying to almost go at this game this first game against France because even though like I was making the point in it just in one of the pieces I was doing for 42 at the start of the year looking at the year it's like even though it's France and no one expects Ireland to win, it still can be a game that can set the tone for the whole campaign. Because in the last couple of campaigns that Ireland have played in, they've booked it in the first one. Like, I don't want, like, like they really have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first campaign when they obviously lose to Serbia, having gone a goal up, and you lose that game 3 2, and, and then that Luxembourg game, like, within the, within the first month of a campaign, you're gone. And then, over, yeah. and then Armenia as well, like away from home when there was so much kind of enthusiasm a little bit about it and like Ireland just stuttered, can't break a, a low block team down and then get suckered. And it wasn't even like it was a sucker because it was a long, a long range shot. But something that was coming in the game, you could kind of sense it if you remember that game where like, yeah, you yeah. know what, they were just kind of, they were they were letting Ireland play the way they wanted it and then pick them off or whatever. Whereas now you're kind of hoping like just go at this game and if because it could be a game in the, the first game if they get no matter how you play like scabbing a, a result it might just set a, a tone and give a bit yeah. of a in, 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 in encouragement that could be used that's what that's listen majority of sport also 
become Irish. So you want Ireland to win, you know yeah. what I mean? And at the, at the end of it, it's like if you if you kind of get the sense, well, do you know what? A lot, yeah, a lot of stuff has come through with players being brought through. But if if you feel as if even if you don't get that result and if things aren't going well after the campaign, because obviously he's in Greece, is in Greece yeah. is in June, isn't it? Yeah. So like that would be important. Like. But I just do think so much can ride on that first game against France in terms of getting somehow getting a result. And like, it could be amazing, like especially in the Aviva as well. The fact that it'd be at home, like it could, it could uh, just buy in time because he's at the stage now where, like, everyone says, oh, it's about results, it's about results. Like that's all that will keep him now. And he, I'm sure Stephen Kenny knows this, and everyone knows this now. Results will keep him in the job. I don't yeah. think it's going to be the only thing, but if no matter what, if he gets results now, like. If he starts getting results and Ireland are, are are flying it, all the people who have been criticising him can't because that's all they've thrown at him. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Results, results, results. That now that is now what like any manager what he has to deliver because, in fairness, he uh, and I think part of the reason why people have kind of stuck by him because let's be honest, it's mad, but let's be honest, like people who've gone to see it, I think they would have torn on him sooner. May I would I would have thought if they hadn't said, well, you know what, you can actually see what he's trying to do. We can see what they're trying to do and, and who they're trying to bring in. And like, he's really had terrible any... luck with assistant managers and coaches and everything, COVID and everything. But come here, you have to go to football. So thanks so much for your time. No bother. No worries. Thanks very much. Yeah. For, uh, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Having us, yeah. yeah, you're a gentleman, and uh, I look forward to your future articles with the forty two no bother. Thanks very much, Where, where can where can anyone get you on Twitter? Oh, I don't know. Well, it depends. Like, um, what's, what's your Twitter? Oh well. Oh, sorry, Davis Ned. Just Davis yeah. Ned. I was gonna say because like, normally like, sometimes if I've had a drink, I'll just be a fucking idiot on Twitter. So. <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of now. See, now that I'm actually employed. And don't, have to be from, and, don't, and don't work for myself I have to try and remember I'm, res- I'm responsible adult with a child and a mortgage and all the rest of it <laughs> yeah. set up a boner account I know I know oh Jesus like some of the people oh my god no chance <laughs> but this is the thing like even with like, I know sorry, this is a bit of a, a, a another tangent but like that's what we're all about some people take it far too seriously it's just it was, it was a bit of a joke I know yeah oh, well we, we have a friend uh, that actually takes it as a total joke and like for example today <laughs> he just targets photographers, amateur right. photographers, and he he posts if they post a picture, he, he'll say to them, "That's not your picture. <laughs> you should credit the person who took the photo." And the the photographer will either ignore them or just fucking flip. What do you mean it's not my photograph? And then he'd be like, "Look, we'll discuss it over Zoom. You've obviously had a drink." I put up and I I put up and I was watching it briefly the other day. I was like. Put up a tweet about Ali McCoist when he was commentating. Oh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I agreed with it. Yeah. Him. And it was like, because he just said, uh, he listened to him as like, this fella, he just likes football and just seems happy or whatever. And then yeah. someone, and I didn't reply, I was so tempted to reply to him. Someone replied to him, replied to my tweet saying, like, start saying, ah, oh, he's a bit weird, he's gone off now with his with his beard and all this and all the rest. Of it. And then someone replied, that's Brian McClare. <laughs> have you seen have you seen Brian McClare yeah I've seen yeah, Brian McClare yeah. mad thing have you had him on on your pod he'd be a great fella to have on he has yeah because he, yeah, he has his own he does a podcast but um, oh, oh, he's he's a great fella if you listen to some of his uh, stuff he's like I haven't heard of, I haven't even heard his voice since the 90s <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to try and do a Scottish accent but yeah. you, you can imagine but no we, actually there's, there's a show we, I didn't even great. know he had a podcast yeah he's got a podcast yeah. sure, I thought he was a podcast. everyone has a podcast yeah, for fun. Yeah. We're we're eight years old this year, so we're we're the OGs. I was gonna say eight years and you're now is, is this scraping the barrel when you're coming towards me? No comment. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time. I look for, I look forward to abusing you at League of Ireland match. Uh, so. Oh, that was a good chat, wasn't it? Yeah, good tangent. A good old traditional. What's the story podcast? tangent and I love Dave and I love his articles um, yeah. and I like I don't know if you're quite familiar with his articles but he has this great style um, where when he has a subject he walks with them and just tells a story and he did a great the FEI Cup final between Pats and Bowes he did a great one with Keith Buckley and, and Christy Forrester and they were just walking down their their street and they were bumping into uncles and it was he's just a great style about him and and, and I get lost in his articles like you know and, and mm. they're very good so one of my favourite Irish uh, sports journalists David Schneider among, amongst many 
great Irish sports journalists, Dan McDonald, Ken Early, David is definitely up there with, with them. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I always enjoy uh, a chat with a guest where they, they take on a little bit of a journey, you know what I mean? And um, Dave was, <laughs> it's, it strikes me as he's, he's a fan, but equally he's so fucking knowledgeable. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's a passion within that knowledge that is included yeah, really yeah. within his sense of being a fan. Yeah, that's what he said as well. Like he's a fan, and like if you remember when we spoke to Ken early a couple like uh, over the years, and when he was following Ireland over the years, you know he said he couldn't get help sometimes getting lost, particularly I think the Shane go- Long goal against Jim. Yeah. You know, and and that's what they that's what they've that look when you're you see the 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 English journals getting lost when they come out of a group stage and think they're going to win the tournament. So yeah. when we win a qualifier um, of importance, I'm, I'm sure they get as excited as us. That's it. I look forward to him popping the champers when we beat France in a couple of weeks' time. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Evan Ferguson going to do bits, baby. I can't wait, man. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, that, that's it for this week then. Uh, Mero, people want to listen to the uh, previous episodes, including the one that we... Uh, we just recorded and we've bossed all of this together for look at crap. Where can they do so? They can go to WTSPod.com. They can go to us on Twitter at WTSPod. You can also search WTSPod on all podcast providers. That includes Podbean, Podcast Republic, Apple Podcast, anywhere, everywhere you get a podcast. Spotify, anywhere and everywhere you get a podcast. He's at Dan Joe Murray on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mary Gamalia on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, clear eyes. Ball hearts. Can't lose. Too sweet!